Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Glorio Chat, the best anime podcast on the internet. And uh, for once, we're actually going to talk about some anime today. Crazy. Uh, now that we've gotten the. F- when you say that we're the best anime podcast, does that mean that we're the podcast that talks about the best anime? You can interpret that in whatever way uh, works for you. No, I, I, I would cop to that. I would cop to that. I think we are talking about some of the best anime airing this season, uh, even if perhaps the rest of the anime watching the zeitgeist is uh, yet to catch up. I think uh, <laughs> and, uh, we, are, we are hitting the shows that truly matter here. Everyone's watching Symphogear, but it could be watching good Symphogear. <laughs> yes, I, th- I think we'll have some things to say about that uh, later, for yeah. sure. But yeah, now that we've gotten Fire Emblem out of our system, we can get to some of this other stuff. It only took like three podcasts. Hey, there was a lot. There was a lot. A lot of things we had to say about that game. But uh... indeed, so Astral Chain, huh? Yeah, I got that in the mail. <laughs> I uh, too busy to play it, but yeah, yeah, maybe next time on Astral Chain. But uh, yeah. but yeah, so with us today, I'm Jell, and joining me as always, we have Iro. Yep, I'm still here. Still here. We have G. You know, not only are we, I think, the best anime podcast, as Eero can attest, we are also the hottest anime podcast in the mm-hmm. business. Sure. Uh, it is the end of August. It's supposed to be September. When y'all are listening to this, it will be September. And uh, I still feel like we are in the dog motherfucking days of summer uh, here where we're recording. So, <laughs> Well, when you said hottest, I was like, well... I'm I'm pretty confident in my in my looks, but I don't know if I would say we're the hottest podcast. But uh. Uh, hot can mean a number of things, you know. And we'll leave, just like best, we'll leave that up to your own interpretation. Yes, uh, and and then of course so we also have Aqua rejoining the podcast this uh, episode. Yeah. I mean, counterpoint. I saw Christmas candies at the department store today. Oh Jeez. God, no! That's too- there's like three more holidays before Christmas. Yeah, Come like on. I'm saying, you know, you start you start busting out the Halloween shit now. I mean, I would I would I would be against it, but I would understand. You know, you start busting out the Halloween shit in September. I get it. I get it. Even even the Thanksgiving stuff, I could almost be like, mm, all right, fine, well, I understand. But, I'm guessing uh, uh, Thanksgiving is not big where Aqua's at, but uh, is 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 Thanksgiving stuff a thing? Like, boy, is it. Yeah, yeah, like Thanksgiving branded put the decorations stuff. up. I mean, you don't really buy anything for Thanksgiving because it's all food, but yeah. like, you'll see yeah. the decorations and stuff up in the stores. Yeah. Um. Anyway. I mean, you say Thanksgiving is not much of a thing over here. Like, I wonder how long that's going to last, you know? <laughs> it is, I have to say it is one yeah. of the better holidays, if only for the food. And yeah, for not, the food. It's maybe. not like a huge I commitment mean, compared to I, Sunday. I see that you are not the one who does the cooking, Joe. Yeah, I was going to say. Oh, well. <laughs> that is true. Hero, <laughs> you know what? I'll try and make something for this year's Thanksgiving. Assuming I don't I'm have actually to cook. here in L.A., but. I don't have to cook, and I like my family, so that. Maybe I'm I'm a privileged uh, participant here, but anyway, um, we 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 really can't get into Thanksgiving. Yeah, we got we got a lot of we got we got a lot to talk about. I do want to do. We have to cut the Thanksgiving discourse short here. Uh, I I do want to get to some brief game news because uh, the 
the fir- first thing is the the Pokemon Masters game came out, which we have been talking about several times in the podcast. Uh, so I don't. I think I'm the only one playing it so far on the podcast. I know uh, Chris and I think Zig started it as well. But uh, did you get your event bikini, Misty? Well, it, it's only like day three, so they haven't uh, pulled that out yet. But oh, they'll be saving that. Don't it worry. did go. It did go here. exactly as planned, where they hand you your your three star Misty and your three star Brock as soon as you start up the game. I mean, as you should. And, um. As, as gotcha games go, it, it has some good things and some bad things that kind of balance it out. Um, like, on the good side, I appreciate that there's no energy system, so you can play as much as you want. Uh, on the bad side, the actual, like, gotcha rolls are a little suspect. They don't give yeah. you, like, your... They don't give you like your guaranteed four star, four or five star on your ten rolls, unless you pay money, and you can only do that once. Uh, and... Mm-hmm. Um, they're pretty. They're, they're they're pretty stingy with the. Yeah, I, I heard the economy of that. I mean, even by gotcha standards, is a little. Uh... Yeah, it's a little subpar. It's not like FGO levels. But, <laughs> um... Right. Hasn't this been an issue with all of Nintendo's gotcha games, like Fire Emblem Heroes? Yeah, and also what's um, it called? Dragalia yeah. Lost. Dragalia, Dragalia Lost, Lost yeah. is pretty good, but, though. Like, I'm interested as far as yeah. well. I'm judging by gotcha game standards. Gotcha game standards in general are bad because um, <laughs> because like because like uh, like I saw going around, people were complaining this game is charging thirty dollars for to buy a ten roll, and I'm like, that's pretty normal actually for Wait, uh really 30 dollars. Yeah. i feel like yeah uh, i guess the... you know to to, to echo our if old it's, uh... if it's three gems per roll and you get a 10 roll and it's one dollar per gem oh, yeah in, in this case it's 30 in this case it's 300 and then you get like the three thousand or something i like guess that. i guess to kind of echo our old gotcha podcast from like last year i guess i got a cut i, I kind of got lucky that the only two gotcha games i ever picked up were uh Girls Frontline and Grand Blue Fantasy, which, to my understanding, are on the more uh, charitable yeah, more, end of the spectrum. Yeah, they're on the more forgiving end of yeah. the spectrum. Yeah, this one is probably only slightly below average. I would grade it on the economy, but like I said, I think the uh, the lack I mean, of is energy- it only is it only below average because FGO weighs the scale so heavily on the other end. No, I mean like- I've played I've played a lot of less popular games that are kind of worse, but okay, um, okay. I've played a lot of gotcha games. Yeah. Um, so, you have a problem, man. Yeah. Uh, well, well but, no, with, with his luck, it's never like he ever ends up spending that much because. Right, I don't really spend he, a whole lot of money. He gets everything he wants for free, so. Yeah. My, my five star that I got was uh, Phoebe. Um, Who? I, Ooh, I, deep cut. Isn't, I, she, I, she's isn't like, she the Hawaiian elite form the, yeah, from the Hawa- Hawaiian? Yeah. With the ghost, yes. yeah, ruby, the, the, ruby, sapphire, emerald, elite form yes. right? The weird, so, the weird mix of being like the like Hawaiian hula themed trainer with the ghost themed team. Yeah, that's an yeah. interesting mix. But she's a powerful. Uh, she's got a nice uh, dire hit all attack, and she can boost your energy bar. Oh, but, wow. uh, but, but so, what is the game here? Uh, it's it, so you the, when you the actual battling is similar to uh it's basically like a three-on-three pokemon fight and it's my first comparison was to like the old final fantasy active time battle thing where your bar fills up and then you can go so like if you just sit there you're like it's so it's like pseudo real time where like if you just sit there your enemy will keep beating on you because they can just keep going whenever their bar fills up um 
and but 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 you have like one energy bar that's like a pool for all your Pokemon, so you have to like swap around and and different attacks use different amounts of energy and stuff. So, and yeah, but they only do one attack. No, they, like they'll so they'll have you'll have different. You can you get up to like the four abilities for each character. All right. Um, so yeah, it's the- it's like a legitimate. There's like a legitimate game in there. It's it's fairly simple, but um, it's 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 pretty fun. It's not it's not a one you can just like sit there and you actually have to pay attention though because it is like I said, kind of pseudo real time. But uh, so are the Pokemon tied to the trainer? Like, yes. is that they come as a as a pair? Yes, they're actually called. They're, they they made some dumb story reason for this, but they're called sync pairs, where it's the trainer and their one Pokemon that are tied okay. together. But I mean, some of them, not... sorry, go ahead. Some of them, the Pokemon can evolve, but they're right. still tied to the one trainer as one. I unit. mean, I, I, I mean, I can imagine that for better or worse, I could see this is how they will eventually like roll out their like variations, right? Like, oh, it's Misty with Psyduck, or Misty oh, I've already with gotten a Starmie. second version of Brock with uh, I forget who he gets. I just got it, like. Geodude. No, he starts <laughs> with Onyx. When was the last time Brock pulled yeah. out Geodude? <laughs> he starts with Onyx, oh, but man. then you get he got like an alternate version with a different. I forget who he who was with or whatever. But yeah, they're definitely going to go that route. Also, when was the last time Brock used a Rock type Pokemon? I feel like based yeah, on what Pseudo Budo a while ago. Based last on what you got to say in the anime, it sounds like Brock is not really much of a Rock type trainer anymore. So, all right, well. If if you're if if you like Pokemon and you can tolerate gotcha games, it's pretty good and probably worth at least checking out because hey, it's free to start. Sure. So, um, but pretty much exactly what we were expecting there on that one. Okay. Um, let's keep it moving then. I, I, we just wanted to give a quick shout out to the Yakuza Seven news that came Hell out. Hell yeah! In how shocking it actually was. Um, I. So, so, G, fill me in here. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I think you know for sure, like the actual details here. But did they show or like tease that Yakuza Seven was going to be a, a a turn-based RPG, and everybody thought it was a joke, and then they confirmed that it's real? Is that basically what happened? Yeah. So essentially, uh, the Yakuza team, uh, Ryo Gakotoku Studios, released a trailer. Well, not really a trailer. I think it was like, well, yes, basically a trailer, a footage, a teaser footage of. Uh, Yakuza 7. At the time, it was known as Shin Yakuza, uh, which I still think they should have gone with. I think that, honestly, it's a mistake to call this Yakuza 7. I feel like like going with the judgment slash judge eyes was the right move to like kind of set distance itself from yeah, the Yakuza Because this franchise. is kind of like a new direction. Yeah, new character, new character, Ichiban Kasuga, yeah. which, again, Ichiban Kasuga is a very fucking good name. That's a very good um, name. Um, you know, kind of the new protagonist. And I think that by calling it Yakuza 7, they're tying it to the old legacy. Like, inevitably, it's going to be compared to the old Yakuza games. Ichiban is going to be compared to Kiryu. Right. Like, I think that they should have gone for a clean break here. But, you know, that's that's a, that's another topic. But anyways, yeah, so they showed footage for it uh, where it was turn-based. You know, uh, you know, you had, I don't know Japanese, but it had a very kind of Persona 5-ish, like, layout of, like, four options. very similar kind of to overlaid. the Persona 5 UI, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and everybody was like, wow, that's a funny joke. Like, <laughs> boy, imagine that if Yakuza was turn-based. And I mean, I mean, even back then, I mean, I literally made the joke that, like, well, Yakuza is basically just a JRPG that happens to take place in modern Tokyo. Right. So, like, you know, not unthinkable. But, uh, yes, yeah, so they revealed uh, Yakuza 7. 
Uh, Eastern title is The Whereabouts of Light and Darkness. The Western title will be... Uh, they're going to go for the Resident Evil uh, colon Biohazard yes. uh, thing. So, uh, oh, yes. Re- Resident yeah. Evil 7 Biohazard slash Biohazard 7 Resident Evil. Yes. So uh, Yakuza 7's t- Western title will be Yakuza 7 Like a Dragon. Um, and uh, yes, they revealed that it's going to be turn-based combat. You will form a party with other denizens of Kamurocho and uh, kind of train together. You will equip them, you will set their skills, and uh, you will get into turn-based encounters with the various uh, street thugs and ne'er-do-wells of Kamurocho. I am 100%. And I thought the new one is supposed to be in like, Yokohama. Oh, you're right. My bad. I said Kamurocho. You're right. The new one is in Yokohama. Yes, thank you for correcting me. I'm just so used to Yes. Look, Kamurocho is, Very much part. is my whole... They're going to have to build you know? the new city model. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, uh. yeah. But uh, it's an interesting choice. And I am, like, I'm not, like, I'm not... You know, I'm not tied to, like, the old combat of Yakuza. I always thought, I think it was very good. I personally liked it. I know some people thought it could get a little mashy, but I think that, like, the Yakuza combat is, like, very good at simulating the feel. It's very good at evoking the feeling of good, like, martial arts choreography. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. it looks good. It animates good. It feels good. Like, it feels meaty in a way that, like, good live-action martial arts do. And I think you could still have some of that in a turn-based RPG, but I think that like you're gonna lose some of the dynamism of it. But I mean, your heat you know, moves are basically gonna be like your special attacks. I'm guessing, right? Like, yeah, it'll and, still be on the screen, but is it gonna be as <laughs> right. satisfying when you're not the one pushing the buttons to execute? Right, like moves? there's like there's something to be said about like oh, like, I'm grabbing a dude and then I'm gonna hit L1 to like turn him around, so I'm holding him by the like the scrub like the back of his neck and then i hit triangle and i'm gonna do this move where i like I hit triangle to slam his head in the microwave and uh yeah 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 <laughs> or like slam this dude's head into a telephone pole or whatever and like again i'm not gonna write it off i think I- i'm curious I- i'd love to see how this turns out you know i just hope that the game is balanced around that because uh for those who haven't played yakuza games like they basically do have random encounters like yeah. actual JRPGs, but it switches to like a real time like brawler combat. Yeah, and like personally, I think the Yakuza games already have too many of these like street fights. Yeah, they like, need to dial that down for sure. Yeah, and I think the thing that makes them tolerable is like, well, they usually last thirty to sixty seconds. You know, they're like they're literal. You know, it's it's just random chumps on the street you just beat up. But like, if all of a sudden every street fight is now like you know, a like three to eight minute long JRPG encounter. That's yeah. Hopefully that's going to drive me up the wall. (laughs) Hopefully they can clear that or have some kind of auto battle or something. Yeah. Or I just hope there's less fights then to, to accommodate for the fact that like the fights are inevitably going to take longer. Right, 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 right. uh, You know, despite all that, like I'm still curious. I'm very interested in where they're going with this. Like, I could get really into the weeds here about like my concerns about like thematically where they're going with the story, but you know, I love all those games, you know, like to varying degrees. Uh, I think Judgment was, I think Judgment is literally like second only to Yakuza Zero in my like pantheon of like that studio's output. But uh, you know, I'm I'm definitely still curious. You know, I, I I've always had a soft spot for those games, and uh, definitely want to see how this one turns out. Yeah, I'm a, I'm 110 percent on board trying a different direction. It's just a matter of execution. Because I yeah. know with with the Yakuza games in particular, it's I feel like it's the kind of game where they are very similar mechanics wise across the board, and like part of me wants to play all of them because of the story, but like the prospect of me grinding through, like I barely got through 
I know Kiwami's not a great game compared to some of the other ones, but like I've basically made it through two so far and like I want to play the other ones, but like the prospect of, you know, button mashing my way through again for another, you know, <laughs> yeah. 40 to 60 hours per game or whatever. <laughs> right. Those are not short games, you know, even like even judgment, which is considered like a nice, you know, quote unquote bite sized Yakuza spinoff is like 50 hours. Yeah. So I, you know, the, I, I I'd love to see it move in, do something drastically different that, you know, we can get tired of after another six games. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Excited to see where that goes for sure. Um, all right. Um, so I think that's it for the games news. Aqua, did you have something else you wanted to bring up? No, not really. Okay. So I know we were making some last minute notes on the way into the recording, but we can probably just move on then to uh, talking about some anime. And like I said, yeah, we've actually been watching some, like I said, we wanted to catch up with a couple things we haven't talked about in a long time, including stuff from last season that's still running. And we could start with uh, remembering Carol and Tuesday. Remember that show? Yeah. I will admit I stopped watching when the new season started and just never got back around to it. So you guys are going to have to oh, fill me in. Gel, after working so hard to get a record deal, they decide to go into. They don't want to be like puppets probably... of the man, man. What? I know. Let's go indie first. <laughs> the thing is, like. I get, I understand why the progression of the show was like this, but like they brought up going indie at the very start and decided not to. But yeah, but becoming famous also, back and then, then they going didn't indie, have any cloud yeah. whatsoever. Right, right. Yeah. I, I, I do yeah. understand, but I, still I, I don't know. Personal. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't. You know, I, I really wanted to like Carol on Tuesday, but and, and there's still some great episodes here and there. I think you know, but. Uh, I think that for better or worse, I feel like I, I feel like the biggest issue with Carol on Tuesdays, it feels like even like 18, 19 episodes in, it still feels like it's trying to find its voice. You know, it's still trying to find its identity. And I, I think kind of to varying degrees of success. Like, I mean, it is a Shinichiro Watanabe show in that it is a bunch of stuff being thrown at the wall to see what sticks, you know. Right. And I, I, I'm, yes, I'm not going to act like, you know, prior Watanabe anime have had the most, like, coherent or, like, consistent narratives, but I guess I think that that worked better for the kinds of stories he was telling in the past, whereas I feel like with Carolyn Tuesday, you know, I, like, like, for better or worse, I think that, like, you know, the, the conceit of, like, oh, samurai traveling across mm -hmm, Japan mm -hmm. or, like, you know, space bounty hunters kind of, you know, surviving from job to job kind of it fits that format a little bit better. Whereas like, you know, the rise of these struggling musicians in a yeah. city that is kind of being beset by various social they issues. They should have chosen I'm not like sure. one way for the pendulum to swing, you know, either hyper-focus on Carol and Tuesday's rise to stardom or like give this broad, like vignette kind of approach to musicians yeah. on Mars. You know, here's this Urtican episode. Here's this Angela episode. Here's this, uh, Carolyn Tuesday episode. So, and I think the, the problem now. is that it kind of even, yeah. And then it also kind of like loses itself in like these plot lines that, like, I'm sure by the end of this show, we will understand why these plot lines existed and what they were like gesturing towards or aiming for. But like for now, there are still like these storylines that 
I feel like either they don't really connect to the main plot or I'm still not sure like what was the point of them, you know, like, you know, for example, the most egregious example I think is kind of the politics subplot that has kind of continued to persist in Carolyn Tuesday with like Tuesday's mom kind of and her like presidential campaign where she is swearing to make Mars, literally she is swearing to make Mars great again, you know, in case the like parallels were not obvious. Kicking out all the immigrants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the Earth is not sending us their best, you know. Like there's there's literal rhetoric that is being espoused in the show, and like that whole. I think the point of that whole subplot is to like, you know, Carol needs to uh, learn. Tuesday, sorry, needs to learn to uh, become a different person than her mom. Like she started by running away, and now she needs to publicly disavow her because you know her best friend Carol is an immigrant from Earth. Um, and I think that's sort of like I old just, man Watanabe telling the youth to like rise up. And... <laughs> I, I I do appreciate it, but I think it's like the problem is that it doesn't feel connected to the plot, right? Like, like it doesn't like what could like I guess the thing is like every all the other plot lines at least have some like tangible connection to like you know a you know mu- the, a career as a musician or the music industry or like you know the kind of the struggles of musicians you know in in in, in the modern day, but the politician subplot doesn't really tie into it at I think all. I can, I can see how it can, like how you can make something about like, you know, what is the role of musicians in a polarized society? You know, should they take a position? Should they get involved with politics? Should they stay out of it? But I don't know if that's guess- actually what they're going for. I think it's mostly just like, Hey, you know that Trump guy? He bad. Um, let's make an anime, or like <laughs> we're making this anime. Let's put something in it about how Trump bad. Like, I don't know. Yeah, like I'm not even watching the show, but I can tell from the way, from what I have watched and how they handle things. I feel like you might be able to interpret it that way. But like, are they giving it the amount of commitment required to actually explore those topics? Probably not. Is that fair to say? <laughs> Like, yeah, like, like it, the it, reason why it, I if think we're talking it, about just like throwing stuff, throwing ideas out and not really developing them all the way. The, that the that was the impression I was getting I, in a lot of ways with that show. Yeah, but I get that that is the idea because you have a lot of like stuff about like, um, here's Tuesday's mom saying something provocative. And then the Kurt Cobain journalist guy is like, wow, she's terrible and she needs to be stopped. And Carol is like, wow, she's terrible and she needs to be stopped. And Tuesday's just like, so I think the point of the show is to like, make it a part of Tuesday's character development that she needs to disavow her mom. But I don't see why you would dedicate an entire half of a season to that. Right. And I guess, I guess my issue with that is it still feels disconnected, yeah. right? Like, until only, like, the most recent episodes has Tuesday even begun to, like, kind of confront, you know, her connection to her mother. I feel like this show, despite, you know, despite Tuesday's mom being in the show since literally, like, the first few episodes, we have not actually, like, seen, tu- we have not actually seen Tuesday really wrangle with that for, like, most of, like, the yeah. season and a half we have watched it's so because far. the weird thing is that her mom's, like, actual political inclinations aren't really revealed until the second half. It's just, like, in the first half, she's just like, oh, she's this hardworking mom who doesn't care about her yeah, daughter. And then now, all of a sudden, she's, like, half. evil Trump XP. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... <sighs> I guess it's, like, I think that, like, these disparate elements could work, but I think that, like... 
I just don't think they are, like, gelling together into, like, a cohesive story, you know? Like, for better or worse, right, it's like, you talk about, like, you know, I, I hate to keep bringing back, like, Bebop and Shampoo, but, like, you, you talk about shows that are, like, mashups of, like, genre conventions and aesthetics and musical styles, and, you know, either they were, like, you know, intentionally, not discordant, but, like, you know, contrasting, like, you know, Edo, Edo period Japan and hip-hop, but, like... I think it's like the, the, the like the very thematic elements of Carol and Tuesday still feel like I guess they do feel discordant to me. You know, they they don't they don't feel it's, like they. It's almost like Watanabe oh. wanted to get like a bunch of artists he likes and respects together, and then made an anime about. <laughs> it definitely does that. have that vibe. because, like, I mean, there's well, a did, lot of did, like um... there's some genuine A list talent working on this stuff. Like the new OP was composed by Cornelius, who's like the biggest Japanese electronic musician. And I, I think it's really just, like, Watanabe using his cloud to, like, get these people to write songs for him and then sort of making up excuses to put them in his show. <laughs> yeah, that... that Yeah, I know I know they handled the music production pretty much completely independently of writing the story, yeah. right? So, like... Because like, it is also, does, like, an anniversary project out. for some record label, I think. Like, Yeah. Which I don't oh. think... <laughs> I don't think makes for a very good anime, but <laughs> I do like like I do like the I think the music stuff is generally on point because you get a bunch of like wacky parodies of like music people. It's like here's here's this Rick Rubin like turned up to eleven. Here's this guy right. who vaguely reminds people of David Bowie having his own episode about how he's going to die because Watanabe said that Bowie dead and like, <laughs> I think that generally works. Like, it's this generally, like, wacky idea of, like, this guy who right. who loves music and has way too much money and just sort of wants but to the do something is... for it. But it, it's sort of like this thing, like, it's almost only there for the people who made it. Right. It, it's and it's trying to sell you on like broader themes and deeper story and characters and stuff when in the when it's not really that part of it's not really happening. Yeah, that was that's how I was feeling in the in the first half, anyways. So, did they did they have their big uh, miracle change the world moment yet, or is that nope. going to be no, happening? No, they're the still. Yeah, but don't worry, we had this whole subplot about like someone stalking Angela. Oh my god, right, like, that's another plot line. I'm just like, what does this amount to? Like, like, what is that, like, what character building does this do? What what, what, what does this contribute to the narrative or to Angela's character development, right? She it's like, learns the price like said, of fame! <laughs> she was already Again, I, a model, right? Yeah, you already saw that, yeah. It's just like, like it, it, I don't. It's just one of those. It, it's just another one. Of those, we could we could go into this all day, but you know, just it's just another plot line that like bothers me because I'm just not sure like what is the point. You know, like last season you had yeah, Sabelle, yeah. kind of same issue. Like, why is this character Which like, was, like unless she comes back in the last few episodes? Why did her character? Exist? I think it was like, the same thing did, as with Tuesday's mom. You know, she only existed because Tuesday needed to learn to say no to people, and then there needed to yeah, be a twist. I mean, Right, or like the episode where like Carol's dad just happens to run into her and go to the same laundromat, and it's like, <laughs> I was just like, oh man, they're really doing this, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, we need to move on from yeah. this show. I just want to say that 
We got other shows we need that, to complain about. The time for the Shonen that Corner. That episode was pretty good, though. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the thing. Like there's, the like, there's like, like you said, Aqua, like the, the musical references and jokes are fun. There's like a surface level fun to it, but... I... Yeah. I just think at this point, the only episodes of Carol Tuesday I really like are the ones written by that one really good writer that worked on the Space Dandy. The robot episodes. Uh, because, yes. because all of her episodes are fucking gold, and they always seem to be, they like a pervasive theme in all of her episodes seem to be that AI robot companions are giant fucking assholes, <laughs> and I love it. Oh, did she do the uh, Urtigan uh, Gets uh, Bankrupted episode? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was her. Like, I, I love that when Iro and I watched that episode, within the first, like, minute, we were like, "Oh, this is this is one of her episodes, isn't it?" Because like, just it just feels so much more lively, and 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 just the sense yeah. of humor is just so much stronger. But uh, but yeah, right. but yeah. I mean, um, by the way, we do have to notice that uh, the first half of Carol and Tuesday is up on Netflix now. Yes, that just came yes. out on Netflix. Oh yeah, finally. Which for them, is pretty quick. To be honest, uh, that is a pretty quick turnaround for it, Netflix. It's like like four weeks earlier than the also also very important. Um, the the soundtrack is on Spotify, which means you can now you can oh, now yeah. add oh. Galact- Galactic Mermaid to all of your Spotify mixtapes. Fantastic! I need to put that. To see, that. that needs to go on the podcast soundboard. Ah, <laughs> um, uh, yes. Just anytime someone says something that's fucking bullshit, yes. Just start playing it. Yes, that's got to go on the soundboard. So and you and you just that, go, but, "Holy uh, shit, you fucker! That was some fucking bullshit." <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, they were wrong. The show did give us that, so uh, yeah. All right, let's let's keep this uh, train rolling then. Shonen Corner. Yeah, because for well, we'll talk about some of the Shonen shows. And first up, I want to know why has everyone been freaking out about Demon Slayer over the past couple of it's, weeks? It's very pretty. It's very well made. Okay. Um, it's so basically the reason why people are kind of losing their minds is because there was an episode a couple weeks ago where you know I think it was like the number like nineteen or something, it's just like, like the, yeah, something like that. Big culmination of this big fight against the first i guess proper villain of this show and like visually it's a very cool moment it's like it is up there with like the deku todoroki fight from my hero academia wow. like it is like ufo table pulling out all the stops like it's you know even in a year that has mob psycho 100 season two like it's wait was that this year Oh, actually, remember. Uh, I don't. I don't think. Oh, I don't think whoops. it was because I Crap. remember you people talking Mark about the year when uh, wrap up. Early. Yeah, I think. I think that was the end of last whoops. year. Oh my god, <laughs> my bad. But uh, yeah, just like it's in our recent really memory, good though. Yes, yes, really good looking, and I don't mean to be. I, I am not saying this to be like you know to sound like an elitist gatekeeper, but I think that like. I think that Demon Slayer just it's it's a really good looking flashy show with some really great production values and I think that that is frankly enough to impress some people like because you know I I don't know I think that Eero you can kind of back me up on this I feel like while that show is undeniably really well made it continues to be hamstrung by its kind of the, the pacing is glacial yeah because despite the fact that it is a well made show I think it's a really poor adaptation. It's the same, the same criticisms we had every time we brought it up, right? 
where yeah. where there's a lot of talking in people's heads and stuff and not like adapting it into anime yeah like fights are like the fights are this constant like stop go stop go thing where it's like fight for a little bit then talk fight for a little bit then talk oh i'm doing the roni tension thing of like flying through the air and i'm having my internal monologue while i'm in the middle of swinging the sword <laughs> that lasts like two minutes and it's like it's it doesn't work like because it's it, it's just you know it doesn't work for anime and uh I don't know. I, I guess I'm not sure why this show of all shonen is like impressing people so much, you know, to the point where people are like, oh, this isn't your dad's shonen or something, you know, like this ain't grandpa's shonen. It's like, I don't know. It it's kind a combination of, of like, like, looking good and being marketed a certain way. It's appealing to like the base urges of the Western otaku, <laughs> which is katana cool. Uh, I mean... I, I guess it's like a motherfucker. I don't know. Like Roni Kenshin was like okay. I guess Roni Kenshin was like twenty years yeah, ago. Yeah, a long so, time ago. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just like it's just. I guess it, I and 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 more more than that. While it's well made, like I hate to go like full fucking like pretending like I'm an authority on good character design or whatever. But like as a concept artist, like I think the show's designs are kind oh, of yeah, fucking I, shit. I actually had the same like, thought. Um, just the other day when I was thinking about like, you know, what makes a, a good shonen and it's like character designs, you know, why are Naruto, yeah. uh, One Piece, Dragon Ball, like the big ones in a genre that's so overpopulated is because they have iconic character designs. Yeah. Like the recent episode, we were drawing a lot of comparisons to Bleach because they meet, right. they meet the like... The top captains of the Demon Slayer oh, Corps, oh or whatever. Well, put it, put it, yeah. put it in that. Put it in that. <laughs> okay. Right, and uh, so it's easy to like draw comparisons between. Here's this colorful cast of the like strong elemental power, top top brass guys, and then the like captains of the squads in Bleach, and how. Even though everyone in Bleach wears the same uni- actually like actually does wear the same uniform, their designs are all like cool and they distinctive. All, they'll wear it in yeah. like their own cool way that reflects their right. personality. Right. Like, yeah, like say what you will about Bleach, but like you know, if there's anything Bleach really excelled at for a while, it was character design. And I feel like, like you compare it to like, so they introduced like these big elite guys in 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 Demon Slayer. I don't want to get into to it too much. I'm not I'm not here to give a critique uh, a lecture on character design, but like they're like this fucking Technicolor like fucking monstrosity. Right. I, I think it was funny like, because when I when I like read through some of the manga, when that's all monochrome, I was like, right. okay. But now like, that, yeah, now that they're all like different bright colors. I think I saw I go a picture. Like, oh god, stop. I thought I think I saw a picture of what you guys are talking about. And yeah, it's just like a it's a lot. <laughs> like one dude's got like like one dude's repping fucking Ronald McDonald colors, <laughs> like like mustard yellow and ketchup red, and then you got a lady with like <laughs> pink, like bright pink hair with neon green highlights, and it's just uh. like it's really ugly to look at. It's really oh. ugly. I don't like it. it. And, you know, like, you compare it, again, you compare it to, like, Bleach again, it's like, there's a reason why everybody's like, oh, who's your favorite captain? Oh, like, I like fucking... I can't even remember their names anymore. It's been so long. Uh, I like, hate that I remember all of their names. Like, like I like... I like the dude with the bells in his hair, or I like the guy wearing a basket because he's got a big fucking dog head under there, or some shit, you know? Or, or like, you know, it's just, it's just the like... The guy who looks like, like Stevie Wonder. 
<laughs> yeah, like but you joke, but for real, it's like like yeah, even though they all wore the same black white uniform, like there was like you know still like a a type of diversity in their character design that like set them apart from each other, and, and, and I feel like meanwhile like Demon Slayer is doing something so clumsy where it's like oh we got to introduce these characters, wild cast of kooky elite characters, and like they all got to have their own unique like gimmick. And it's like, oh, I'm the snake guy. You can tell because, like, I'm the fucking snake guy, you know? Or, like, I'm the, I, you know, it's, it's just, ugh. It's just, it, it really bothers me. I don't, and, like, they come off, like, way too unlikable, like, really early on. Like, they're all, like, these really fucking, like, aggro, dogmatic dickheads, which, like, you know, you can you can work with that. But it's like, I compare that to, like, I don't know, man. Maybe this is, maybe this is just nostalgia. Maybe if I actually went back and reread the chapters, I'd be like, oh, actually, it was just as bad in Bleach. But I feel like when they first introduced the captains in Bleach, it was like this, like, fucking austere, like, kind of serious moment. You're like, oh, shit. These are, like, the big dick motherfuckers of this setting, you know? Like, as someone who actually reread some of Bleach recently, uh, yeah. You do get, like, one or two of the, you get a few of them showing up on their own a bit before the meeting with yeah, all of them, yeah, shows up and first. it kind of helps to, right? And like Ichimaru and Kenpachi and some of them show up on their own before you get all of them, and it kind of gives it room to breathe, I guess. Right? Because like when they drop twelve dudes, you like you know what one, two, three, four are what their deal is so we don't have to spend time with them right whereas like here in a single ep like this episode where they introduced 10 new characters like both felt like agonizingly slow but also like strangely rushed in its need to like communicate the information about these characters as soon as possible huh yeah it's kind of we'll we'll get to fire force in a minute but it's almost an opposite problem of like <laughs> I think th- while Demon Demon Slayer is like really slow on the micro level, but like on the macro, fairly quick on the macro, right? Level, and right? yeah, it's so like uh, and on the broad level, this stuff happening when it's happening in the show is fine, but like moment to moment, it's incredibly dull. Yeah. If that makes sense. Is, Whereas I think, yeah, ahead, we want no, to ahead, we ahead, want ahead, to get to the like big stuff as quickly as possible, but the way to get there is really boring, like that. So you're saying right. this is the DC yeah, cinematic the, universe it, like, of anime? <laughs> but like, I, I think uh, not to segue before we ought to. We ought to. I, I think we're done but, with uh, Demon Slayer. I think Fire Force, uh, Fire Force thing, where the like moment-to-moment pacing is actually like i'm fine with it but then the like broader level pacing i'm like why are you here so fast right like they're like like if we're we're gonna get right to fire force like we just witnessed the culmination of two arcs that felt like they should have been season finales but happened in like episode like what four and eight (laughs) respectively or something (laughs) yeah let's let's uh yeah Let's officially move to Fire Force so I have a timestamp here. So, so, so <laughs> sure, sure. We, we can transition to that. So Fire Force has finally revealed it to be the show it actually is, and the show it actually is is Bleach. Um <laughs> I'm I'm saying this because of two right, reasons. In this TED talk, Aqua will explain. Yeah, kind I'm of. saying this they had the whole rescue arc. Uh, <laughs> I'm everything. saying this for two reasons. Like yeah. not because it is bad like Bleach, like I don't think I don't think Fire Force has quite hit the inertia that like 
signified bleach at the time when everyone was dunking on it where everyone was like oh bleach only is, is like bleach has only always been like the red-headed stepchild of the big three you know it, it was like the one i mean i guess bleach I is there too like it's only popular because those other well, shows um, that are like it are popular like yeah yeah, I mean, I don't know, rose-tinted glasses and all, but I feel like there was a while there where, I don't know, I feel like Bleach Early was, Bleach like... is real good. Early Bleach is real good. Are we, yeah. is this, are, we, are, we are we going back to the pin of the squ- of squads yes, and captains? because that is one of the two reasons why Fire Force is like Bleach. Um, it is a show that initially starts as, you know, you have this uh, mysterious organization of super-powered people fighting monsters. But at some point, the authors realize that people don't want to see superpowered people fighting monsters. They want to see superpowered people fighting each other. So <laughs> it is sort of a there's sort of a big reveal about like what the main characters' squad, like Squad Eight in the Fire Force, mm-hmm. uh, and their job is to like be the internal affairs division to you know like infernal affairs <laughs> to like yes figure out. Because the Fire Force, like the Shinigami and Bleach, are super corrupt, and there needs to be a pure, clean squad that, like, keeps them all in check and knows what they get up to, or if if they aren't withholding any information about what's happening with the Infernals. So that's one way in which Fire Force isn't like Bleach. And the other way is that, like Bleach, Fire Force gets by mostly on the excellent art design of the original creator. Like, say about TJ Kubo <laughs> what you will, the guy's got style, he knows how to design a character, we've talked about this, and Atsushi Okubo is just like mm-hmm. that, he knows how to design a character, he's got style, and like pair that with Yuki Yase's, like weird directing on Fire Force, <laughs> and you get something very, very unique. You know, you get a show that is right. box standard, I don't really know what I'm doing, shonen. Or just like, I, I guess now they're going to fight that artist squad. Uh, I guess now they're going to intern at this one squad, and there's also a backstory with the fire that killed his brother, and I guess here's also this guy with an eye patch who's named Joker, and I have generally no idea what his thing is in the story, but I guess I'll find, I'll figure that out at some point. I stole that yeah. from Naruto, uh, yeah. and then, <laughs> and then <laughs> but it works because it's the guy just has such a charming, like combination Tim Burton slash Tite Kubo aesthetic that also made Soul Eater, which was pretty much the same thing of like, here's stuff happening and here's something else and let's start a new plot point here and I I guess we'll come back to it at some point. But that show also got by by just being cool and weird and I think that the way David Production is handling the Fire Force anime is really playing to those strengths. It keeps... Can't really speak because I didn't yeah. watch Soul Eater. But I mean, I watched Soul Eater, and I, I mean, I, I get where Aqua was coming from. Um, I, I'm glad, I'm glad you're here to give get to to give your defense of Fire Force. I guess because yeah. otherwise, uh, this would take on a, a very different angle. But it's like I go ahead. I, I, I think Fire Force still looks great. I think it's still very well made, very well directed. But I feel like. For better or worse, at least for me, I think it is losing some of that shine as we kind of continue. Like, I think the limitations of its 
like it's very stylishly designed characters. I think we're running into the limitations of their actual writing. It's it's kind of becoming more and more apparent with every passing episode. It is. Like I, I don't want to be the it gets better, I swear guy, but it's kind <laughs> of like like I said, it's a lot of searching initially, a lot of like which shonen cliche can we have a hand have a try at now until they finally settle on something they want. Uh, the show's plot to be spoilers sure. is what's happened to his brother uh, and then like use that to start building on you know the lore like sure but yeah I, right? I, I get the that the problem is we got a lot of anime to watch yeah, right? yeah. It's, I mean, like, it's hard to I, I mean I think I think yeah. we're still gonna watch Fire Force it's just, you know I mean fuck man we're watching Demon Slayer we're sure yeah. as hell watching Fire but Force I think this but... is a problem that a lot of shonen uh, shows have it's just something that is part of the format I think if you look at let at Bleach at Naruto I... at Yosakura Quartet and those are all no but that's a shonen ass <laughs> shonen show and, yeah. and yeah, they yeah, all yeah, yeah. have yeah, like these disagree, first but arcs I think... that are like one-off weird experiments yeah before they finally settle into yeah, something and... they want their story to actually be you know that that is that is in bleach sure. when they you know when the guy reveals that he's evil and that he's fusing hollows with, with shinigami that is in naruto <laughs> and then bleach yeah, was never yeah, good yeah, ever yeah. again <laughs> that, that, that is a... I mean, look, here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? Like, yeah. Aqua, I totally agree. And But I think the guy would point out is, like, I think for a lot of shonen, sometimes that exploratory section yeah, is the good part of that bleach. shonen. And then sometimes, and sometimes, and right, and then sometimes what they eventually develop into is the actual good part. And I think that, like, it varies, right? Like, for example, maybe I'm biased here, but I feel like My Hero Academia, like, the exploratory, like, parts of that manga were good. And then spoilers, when it realized what it wanted to become, <laughs> still good. And... You know, like, I, I want to take you at your word, Aqua, about Fire Force. I really do, because I feel like, I don't know, maybe you back me up on this. Where, like, when, I think you were you were about to get into this when you said Fire Force maybe suffers from the opposite problem of Demon Slayer. <laughs> right. Because, like, like er, the moment-to-moment, like, directing and stuff of Fire Force, I actually enjoy quite a bit. But it's when it's becoming, like, we're episode four, and here's the extremely climactic like reveal and emotional character moment about this person's backstory. That's important enough to be in the ending credits that I would figure is something to be a major character climax, but it's happening in episode four and five is where yeah. I'm like, now hang on. Where was the, where was the five episodes of exploring before we like get it, us getting to know everything before. Yeah before we jump into the climax it, it of this It kind of reeks of desperation. Right, like the, like, kind of, I, I gotta reveal this yeah. now or else people will stop caring. Like, right. It, 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 exactly. It, 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 it almost reeks of, like, it, it's similar, it's honestly a little bit similar to early My Hero Academia where, like, Horikoshi, you know, the author of Hero, uh, Hero Academia had kind of come off a string of failed early cancellations. And so, like, there was kind of this desperation of, like, oh, shit, I gotta, like, throw out my plot points early because, like... I might get canceled any day now. It almost feels like that with Fire Force, but like it feels like it has these big, like what should be shonen style climactic moments that it has not really earned yet. Because right, to get into the character, you know, we're not I don't want to spoil too much, but the character era was talking about like, you know, it, it, I mean it's mainly through the E D sequence. It is implied that she comes from a very traumatic background. But like 
by the time of the culmination of the climax of that arc, we still don't even really no. know her that well. Like, she hasn't actually had that much on time, like, like, that much screen time. Like, actually, ever since that arc, has she even shown up since? Like, <laughs> once or twice. Like, it's it's weird where it's like, oh, wow, wow, this character, wow, she really went through, through some, some shit. But, like, what do we even know about that character? That, like, she's generically nice in the way that, like, anime yeah. heroines are? I mean, this is, like, I agree with you. Right? Like, this is a widespread problem in anime and just in, in bad mm-hmm. in bad writing totally. in general. I, I wouldn't, you know? I wouldn't, Let's yeah. assume people like this character right. because I, I told you so. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm not trying to imply that like Fire Force is exclusively egregious of this. I just think that like just because everybody else is doing it doesn't mean. Oh no, 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 that's true. That's true. Like because of its because of its great directing, because of its great production, I think it's a show that I want to hold to a higher standard. Like I know we're going a bit here, so maybe this is my final bit about Fire Force that really kind of got my goat. Is like so in the latest episode we have we finally reveal who is like the true villain of the current arc. Like there's a there's a mole in the in the in the in the good guy squad. And like okay, first of all, Aizen was revealed to be the true villain in like fucking episode ninety something of Bleach. Like which I'm not saying is good either, but like, you know, there's a build up to that that works. Whereas here it's like episode And it's like like, this guy who was introduced like, like Last like, episode, <laughs> and like so, like and like so, related to that character is another member of his squad. This uh, this kind of female rookie who like really looks up to him, and like she kind of finds out his true nature, and she's like heartbroken over it. It, it, it crushes her, and like, we are shown before this that she is like a cape, like she is not like a non-combatant. She's not like the nun chick. She is a she is like a fire force member. She has combat ability. She has a special unique power. And, like, the episode culminates in, like, the dude just, like, physically assaulting her for, like, five minutes straight. And, like, look, I have no illusions about shonen as a genre, right? Girls are never allowed to win fights. It's just, I don't like that. Believe me, I hate that. Ochako was robbed in My Hero Academia. She continues to be robbed in My Hero Academia. But, like, it really bothered me that this character who is explicitly shown to be like, you know, this is not the nun chick who like practically exists to be kidnapped and helpless. This is like a member who's like supposed to be like a capable fighter in her own right. And like, she just gets beat up without fighting back until like the, the main, the male hero rescues her. Like it, it really bothered me. Like I, I'm not implying fire force is the only shonen that has done this, but it just like, like for Christ's sake, like even like, like, even Rukia and Sakura and Ochako occasionally got to have fights. Like, at least they got to fight back. Like, sure, they got their asses beat in the end because Shonen is a fucked up sexist genre, but, like, at least yeah. they got to, like, put, like, at least they got to, like, swing their sword for a little bit before they got inevitably beat like, by the bad guy. Yeah. Like, this character. We have this, like. She doesn't yeah. even get that much. I get where you're coming from. I think that's, like, it's, a, it it's really a really significant, me. like shonen thing that you also see a lot in 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 uh in super sentai actually because in super sentai there's always two girls in the squad you have the pink ranger and the yellow ranger uh and almost always one of them is the cool girl like the capable girl and the other one is the clumsy one and i think you see that a lot in in anime as well it's like the madonna horror complex except it's like the cool badass chick who don't need no man uh, versus waifu complex you know like this character is the designated helpless woman who always loses and this is the like 
cool chick. You know, in Fire Force, you have Tamaki, who is like the fan service girl. So she's always the butt of the joke. And if we need someone to get beaten up, it's her. And you have Maki, who's like the cool designated chick who don't need no man. And like, those are the only two female characters allowed to exist. I guess, I guess it just bothers me more because even uh, uh, Tamaki, right? The, yeah, the, yeah. The, the cat girl, I guess, right? Like, it, it is implied, at least that, like, at least in the opening, se- the very well animated opening sequence, anyways, that she is like part yeah, of the yeah. fighting squad, right? Like, she is not like a support character. She's not a Orihime style healer. She is like meant to be a fighter. And again, I'm not even saying I wonder. I mean, I would love if she actually beat the shit out of that guy. I think that would have been great. Like, I'm not even expecting that much. I'm saying, like, you know, to compare it to, like, some other, like, shows airing this season, like, <laughs> Grand Belm, like, it's cool. Even even when a character loses, it is cool yeah, to see yeah. them go out swinging, you know? And I, I think, like, I think Fire Force really missed an opportunity there. Like, when the scene ends on, like, her crying face as, like, she's, like, in tears of happiness at being rescued by a strong man, yeah. I was, like... <laughs> I was like, I was, I, I was, I was like, fucking losing it. I was like, this show really is long crying scene, right? Like you could tell, like some animator at David Production was like, oh, I gotta do this yes. scene. And like, oh wow, like culmination of her character. What a this is a this is a woman's place in Shonen. Wow, look at her beautiful crying face at the awe and splendor of the male hero who saved her. <laughs> I'm just like, I was like pulling my hair out. I was like, I'm taking crazy pills. You're absolutely here. correct. <laughs> You're absolutely correct. <laughs> oh, it was just all right. Shonen, be better. That's yeah, all I'm saying. Yeah, not this time, I guess. All right, well. Sorry that went on so long. Aqua promised it would get better, so everyone, you can at him if, yeah. uh, if it doesn't. If it doesn't. Link, links me if it's not. Uh, <laughs> all, right. all right, should we move on yes, to the, uh, the next uh, Let's segment. move on. I, I did want to touch base with my trash anime shows that I'm only watching. Um, well, I've pretty much given up on the ones within that's the youtuber one um oh can you keep us no up, more keep us no more eggs on uh on uh your mom what, what's that I multi-target attacks yes so i've pretty much given up on the on the ones within but i am still watching the mom show for some no reason. gods no kings uh, only mom for some reason he says <laughs> For some reason, he says, maybe it's for some reason, like the reason why I skim through episodes, I'm still skimming through episodes of Don Beru and rapidly taking screen caps. Some reason, uh, he says. Perhaps, but uh, <laughs> no, the ones within, though, was like, I was watching it because it was kind of weird and interesting, and it is still kind of weird, but just like the execution is just not there. I hate all the characters. Of course, they're not having any fun. It's just time to wow yeah just like real youtubers yeah it's time to because like there, there's some there's some cool ideas in there and they, they are still doing some weird interesting things like they're kind of like implying like the main guy who's like super like obnoxiously nice and everything is possibly a plant or something like that and there's probably some kind of conspiracy thing going on I'm like all right that's cool but just like the writing and everything is just not not there and i'm not i take it this show is not going to become the next uh <laughs> shit i so shit, I already forgot the game. You know the gambling one. No, no, the gambling one with the no, crazy. It's not, not even yes. close. Not even close. Not, not your next uh, yes, no. delightful anime trash so, of the season. Pour one out for the ones within. It did at least have a good, a good op. I'll, I'll shout out the op. Yeah, I will. I will back that up. Uh, so, so, pretty decent op. So um, I'm, I'm pretty much. I think I'm pretty much done with that one. I am still watching the 
you know, do you love your mom and her multi hit whatever attacks, uh, which continues to be the, you know, story arc to story arc, which I'm assuming is like each novel where she, where they battle a, a bad mom. And what mom are they fighting this time? So the, or are they still on the, the, the last? Yeah, mom? they just wrapped up the uh, the, the uh, overbearing, uh, terrible well, so helicopter you fight mom. different moms like helicopter mm-hmm. mom, and, uh, white mom, soccer mom. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's that's the way that that's what the show has turned out to be. Uh, with, with, with our with our main okay. mom being like you know the ideal mom that loves her. Children. Oh right, the ideal mother, of course. And, uh, and you know she has to help these other mothers uh, see the light. But they've implied that someone is tampering with the game now and like amplifying these bad moms, bad traits. And that's why they're, <laughs> that's why they are uh, actually bad. That's why they're coming off as way worse moms. Than oh they really my are. God. I well, can't. So the, I can't. The, the lesson uh, of this show is everything in mom duration. Y- y- I, I don't want to say yes to that, but yes. <laughs> so what's going on with, uh, with uh, given? Yes, so moving on to the good show, an actual best show of the season, uh, given it has continued to be very, very good, it has only gotten better as time has gone on. Uh, I, I think I talked a little bit about how they've been unraveling like the main guy's tragic backstory in a way that I was not expecting. Uh, and by that, I mean like actually handling it with a enough of a level of subtlety and nuance that I, I would... Well, that's what I was expecting, but then it turned out to be his, uh, you know, Ugh, his boyfriend geez. killing himself or something. Uh, yes, with a guitar? No, not with a guitar. It was no, but it was. But the guitar that the main guy's been carrying around was his guitar because his his mother, the guy's mother, gave it to him after he died. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's actually pretty heavy. Um, and they got they've been getting more into that. So like. I think a good example of like what how the show handles as well was like in the last episode, uh, one of his old friends. So they, so like the guy he was dating and this other guy, they were all friends back from when they were kids. And the uh, this other this other friend, they kind of haven't been able to talk to each other since it happened, and like he was feeling guilty because he knew about the problems they were having and that he was and while they were dating and everything, and he felt like he should have done something more. And then they finally like meet up. And I feel like in a lesser show, this would have been like a super overly dramatic, like shouting match moment of, you know, I crank up the rain machine, you know, like, you know, yeah, okay. it was raining. So I'll give it that. Let, let, let me be clear. It still amplifies the drama, but it's not to the yeah. like level that you would normally expect from like another from anime. Uh, so there, it is still raining, and they do kind of still yell at each other a little bit. But like the end result is like they're just like, "Yeah, we're cool. Just come to my show. Bring the other guy I haven't seen in a while. And hey, man, call me sometimes so I can make sure you know you're doing all right." And like, hmm. and like, like that kind of like that kind of stuff like is what's been winning me over as like the the there's a there's a, a much more natural type of writing to the dialogue and the plot that. I would not expect yeah. was not expecting from the show I mean, at all. It's very nice to hear that, like um, right. And, and even the, yeah, and they and they balance it well with like you guys know how I like shows that are like funny and then swing into being serious yeah. and stuff like that. But usually it's like uh-huh. usually usually they're primarily comedies and will dip into you know drama every now and then. Whereas this is kind of more 
probably more drama, but it still has, it still is, is capable of being like fun and lighthearted, like especially when they're doing the band stuff. Because um, like from your initial and, thoughts, uh, like hearing them on the podcast, it's like, this is just K-On. But it's not that. Like That's what it looked yeah. like. No, it has not gone in that direction yeah. at all. It, it that That's the thing. I don't think the first episode really gives you a great impression, which is unfortunate. And that is a mark. That's always a mark. You know, I'm, I, I will never excuse somebody not like coming out swinging right off the bat. But once you hit like by the maybe like the what if you do if you stick around for the three episode mm-hmm. test, I think it's enough to kind of get you in the right direction. And so far, it's just been getting better since then. Uh, as far as the 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 writing, like like I liked, I think I said in the beginning, I liked the premise of the show and I liked the characters, but I did not think the writing was going to be up to par to handle the subjects that they wanted mm-hmm. to handle. And I was wrong. They're <laughs> they've they, they've stepped up to the bat on it. And uh, it's always nice to be wrong yeah, when yeah. you're first assuming that it's going to be bad. Yeah, fun, fun, I do want I do want unlikely. to dark horse and and that's like pretty cool because it's like yeah. the type of show we don't talk about very often yeah mm-hmm. and i do want to point out because i don't think i said it outright but it is explicitly gay like oh, they're not cool. like dancing around sure. the fact that you know these guys are dating or like the the one uh the one best hot senpai guy is uh like living with this other dude who's kind of his boyfriend and like they're not they, they even had a great conversation uh, where the the you know the stoic hot senpai guy who's actually very much uh, a, a very good life counselor is talking to the other guy who thinks he might be gay and he's like is that weird and he's like come on man I've been with dudes or you think I'm weird you know don't don't talk like that <laughs> so, so I like I appreciate that they're handling that in a much more open manner than you'd expect in yeah. a mainstream anime which thankfully and seems how, to be more of a common thing that's super cool uh, how far how far we've come since the days of Yuri on Ice yes all the way back to Yuri on Ice it is more openly gay than Yuri on Ice but, uh, like we don't we know we don't we don't we don't need the damn subtext anymore it can just be the text yeah, so all the way back to like 2016 or whatever that was, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, very I, cool I, I how think... we can sh- how we can show that you know people are gay without having them assault each other. Yes, like and there's that. none of that. I, I have proof of that. Yes, right. <laughs> that, that's the other thing. Like all the relationships are like really cool. Like they're like everybody is everybody is like reasonable and. You know, has, you, you, there's no like it, it does amplify the drama a little, but like there's it, it all it all feels has a natural feel to it that makes it a lot more. Are you are um, you intentionally control. setting this up as a segue? <laughs> no, uh, no, but I'll take it. Well, it is. It is now. <laughs> wow, what's our next show? Which uh, maybe more than I could say for uh, Omidin's well, near about, Yeah, it was about about amplifying drama. Um, uh, yeah, so Oh Maidens in Your Savage Season has forgotten all about being a comedy and is now a Mario Kata show. Um, and this is what I warned y'all yeah. about at the beginning yeah. of the season. I mean, dude, I knew no, we this. Knew it. We knew I it. knew this, but it's a good Mario Kata show. Like, I think. Sh- uh, I don't. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Aqua, I, I, put, no, I, put I get in the notes where, that where I think it's at least 50% good. 
can you defend the other 50%? <laughs> yes. I mean, I, I, I see your like 50% to hear your as defense. well. I'm, I'm not... I think it is... I think what she does is still not my thing. But it shows that she has significantly matured in doing what she does compared to some of her earlier work. Like, the characterization makes sense there is like a cohesion here which is right. more than i can say for like most of her mario actually, okada-ish stuff like i actually don't think the mario con mario okada melodrama is the problem with this show i'm just having a hard time swallowing the half of the plot lines with you uh, mean like the 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 the, the you know "Quote unquote problematic stuff." Yes, yeah. Okay. I think more, I have more problem with that stuff than yeah. I mean, the Mario Kanda melodrama. Yeah. Uh, legit. I mean, legit. I think, but I think this is also part of um, the the Mario Kanda factor in this. I know it's it's kind of bad practice to reduce everything to a single writer. I mean, we've talked about this before, but like Mario Kanda has such a distinct style and is such a distinctly personal writer who writes about things in her own life and and you can just sense that this is a deeply personal work for her i i sincerely hope um that sugawara's plot line is not based on stuff she went through in real life um but i think a thing that mario kara has always had that really shows in maidens is she has this very casual approach to taboo subject matter and in some regards this is good and in some regards it's not it's almost like without trying to sound like some kind of fox news provocateur it's like she's going too far she's too woke you know she's the she's the slippery slope <laughs> you know like Mario Kata is like, hey, you know what? Romance between people of the same gender, that's perfectly fine. And then the next day she could be like, hey, you know what? Romance between a teacher and a student, that's fine. Like, that's her <laughs> thing. Right, we're about... <laughs> and can't believe we're talking about Card Capture Sakura. Yeah, and, <laughs> and that has been prominent in her fur in her in her in her work from day one. You know, there's like this thing. Um in uh, Anohana, one of the characters is um, shown to be taking part in compensated dating. And the way Mario Kata like, depicts this is exactly how the student-teacher stuff or the child abuse or the child abuse stuff is, is depicted in Maidens. So it's like, yeah, this exists. I'm not going to judge it. It exists. And, yeah, see, that's the problem. Though, yeah, right? and like... that is her like her weird lax approach but i think that is not something that is new in maidens it's something that's always been there and it's kind of one of her flaws as a writer and 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 the mixed messages she keeps sending especially with the you know like the like milo sensei stuff where he's like oh but i never actually touched you i'm just you know joking around and then giving yeah. her fuel to keep pushing that and it's not really clear what the point of this is like is it you know we want to show like be careful girls men are predatory or is it like 
oh, yeah. this girl has such a naive interpretation of sex that she thinks she can, you know, seduce this older guy. And that's really like sad and tragic. Or it's just, or is it just supposed to be funny? Like, haha, this stupid tiny girl trying to seduce this this teacher. Like, you don't know what it is. And it is just sort of like, it's just sort of there because she's like, well, I'm writing a show about sexuality. Of course, I have to address that as well. It exists. And then just have like no idea no, no about that. To it, no right? Like whatsoever. Like, yeah. Like what I was hoping for with that plot line, and I guess eventually with the with the other plot line with Nina, was that like, it, like you can draw attention to an issue or problem, but you yeah. have to make sure that it's clear this is not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think but, with Nina, they're doing a generally good job at like showing that what her drama teacher do- did and is doing is completely fucked up, and that it's like messed her up as a person. But with the Milo yeah. Sensei and and Hongo stuff, it's just like, what is this? Is yeah. this funny? Is this tragic? Is this shocking? Like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. And I th- I think with with Nina's plotline, it's almost like I don't know. They're they're. I don't want to say I don't want to say that I don't want them to pull their punches on that plot line, but it's almost like they're trying to find some kind of middle ground that's making it like not like land, like the point of it land, I guess. It, it just seems like a, this seems like a mess that's not coming together. And I think it's, it's instead just like bring like it's like creating these these very uncomfortable situations that are just like not I don't feel like contributing or 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 definitively, mm. you know, bringing up, you know, hammering home the message here. I think it's like, I, like I've, yeah. I, I said, I said early on, like, you know, I think it is good to bring up, you know, these, the kinds of things, you know, particularly, you know, women have to deal with. Yeah. You know, yeah. The whole foundation of Nina's like character is that ever since she's a little girl, she's had, you know, men, you know, lusting after her. Yeah. Right. So, and, and that's, that's good that we bring, bring attention to that, but I don't feel like it's accomplishing its goal well enough with what they're doing. I, I, I agree with you in that, like Nina's backstory with the drama teacher has no real logical connection to her actual current plotline, which is, you know, all about like everyone always thinks I'm seducing men by just existing, even my best right. friend. And now I, I'm super angry at her for, you know, thinking of me like that. So I'm almost like I kind of want to steal her boyfriend away, which is like her whole thing. And there is no real connection between that and I was sexually abused as a child. Like the, the bond between these two is not yet clear. Right. Yeah. It just doesn't quite add up. I mean, like, like with the, with the, with the, with the teacher thing, like it kind of makes sense, like why it's happening and everything, and you know he's a creep, and I think it's more it's just they're not really condemning that situation the way they should. But like, there's a logical, I, yeah. I think the point, connection with everything. Happening. I think the point of like Milo Sensei is supposed to be like that he thinks he's not doing anything wrong, but he actually right. is to like teach yeah. men, like you know, even when you think you're not doing anything wrong by just being jokey or making like you know, a jokey uh, reference to, like, 
having sex with your students. He's he's chosen the terrible strategy of calling her bluff yeah, to yeah. make her stop. You know, like <laughs> provo- bit- provoking her, you know. Right. And then and I think that's sort of the point, you know, like teach him that to like but it just comes across as, you know, he's the rational one here and she's just being weird. He's just doing what any healthy guy would do. And like yeah. that that doesn't come across like I don't think like that's how it comes across as, but I don't think that's what they want to say. You know, I, 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 I think Mario Kata is being smarter than, you know, buying into the whole, Oh, don't come on to me. I'm a man. I won't be able to hold back. Like that kind of bullshit you see in anime so often. Right. Yeah. yeah I just, I mean, at least on the flip side, I, the other plot lines are pretty adorable. Yeah, still. yeah. The Sonosaki uh, stuff is good. Uh, Momo is cool because she's the only sane one. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I generally am like engrossed by the Kasasa, Izumi, Nina stuff. Like Nina's slow descent into becoming soap opera villain is very cool. Uh, <laughs> and I, I mean, the 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 Kasasa Izuki stuff is kind of the heart of it because that's like the yeah. yeah. That's like the awkward teenage crush yeah, stuff. Yeah, we had some of the through. like we had some of the like early O Maidens return in the latest episode, episode nine, where we're just like, oh no, my hands—they're all like they're all wet and filthy, <laughs> and it's like yes, she starts freaking out about that. So it was nice to have that back. You know, I, I think that latest episode was really was a a nice nicely structured episode that really made clear what the characters are all about you know that scene where uh where sonizaki is like leading the club and being all like oh you are such children i have experienced what men are really like and i know that they're <laughs> yeah, humans like, like you and me and yeah that's just like really funny so yeah i think that like well after a bunch of like really heavy episodes that's just like all misunderstandings and tragic backstories and drama, drama. Like we've had some, we've had a, a nice little recovery while also taking the characters forward. You know? Yeah. So what they need to do is just have uh, Nina and the other girl that's probably a lesbian hook up. And yeah. then yep. that'll solve all the problems. Nina, Nina so and Momo fixed. hook up and they all murder Milo Sensei. The end. Yeah, and the problem's fixed. Show fixed. So there you go. <laughs> Write it up. All right. Well, I'll join the Grand Belm. Well, are we going to talk about... Uh... Do we have time? Yes. <laughs> no, 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 no. We, I'm yeah, sorry. Well, I, I appreciate all of your conversations, and I'm sorry I'm going to do this to you guys, but uh, we are going to speak <sighs> about Elmore yes. the second in Grand Belm. There is no exceptions. I will not allow a podcast to end... <laughs> until we have discussed both of them. Because as much as I love Graham Bell, Lord L. Melly II deserves... Are you saying you're gonna, you're gonna Anna Fugo your way through the end credits? Uh, and say, this episode <laughs> cannot end you, before I have, you know, killed my mother yes. and sworn vengeance against Ernest. Uh, I'm setting it up for you. Uh, I'm gonna give you no. Lore. We can Let we can talk about you, Grand Bell. It's fine. Let me tell you all about the Rail Zeppelin, the Phantom Train that deals in mystic eyes. 
and the strange conspiracy one waver velvet now head of the what the modern magecraft studies department of the clock tower has found himself drawn into <laughs> oh god oh this show is so fucking good <laughs> This show is so good and so it is like the, it is. If we're talking about like the difference between good anime dumbassery and bad anime dumbassery, Lord M- L. Millie the Second is clearly in the former. It is on the rail zeppelin here. This is all like this is all the shit y'all kept giving me shit for for like a decade about why fate's bad, like. And now you're all like, ah, it's great. And I'm just like, what? I'm not saying it's great. <laughs> why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me this? If it's any, com- if it's any, <laughs> when it was if it's any consolation, Eero, I still think it's bullshit. It's only G who's betraying us. No, no, don't get me wrong. It's all bullshit. I just fucking. I mean, love is it, it all about how like, it's packaged at this at this point? Like, I think I think so. I think so. Like I think all of the traits you find in L- Lord El Melo the Second could be bad if done poorly. I just can't tell if y'all are pulling one over me as like I feel like I'm being gaslighted <laughs> about enjoying fate. Iro, are you enjoying it? I don't know anymore. It's up to you. It's not up to us whether you're enjoying it. <laughs> Uh, oh, Christ. So, well, we haven't talked about this show for a few episodes now, so to kind of sum it up, uh, Waver Velvet, a prior combatant and participant of the Fourth Holy Grail War, now in his 20s, is, uh, is a professor at the Clock Tower, the mage school of the world, or whatever, and he finds himself embroiled in mysteries and conspiracies that he must solve with a combination of his, his razor-sharp wit and his knack for magecraft in unorthodox ways. And the latest mystery is uh, the is that, that the catalyst he used to summon Iskandar, the king of conquerors, uh, the, the mantle of Iskandar, the, the physical item that he needs to summon him, has been stolen. And... Uh, uh-huh. And 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 the and and the thief has only the thief has left a clue demanding that he must attend the titular rail zeppelin, the phantom train that deals in mystic eyes. Yep, sure. And so it's it's a close it's a it's it's a, it's a closed room mystery, right? They're on the train, uh-huh. and like there's a murder, like there's ghosts about, uh, spirits, vengeful spirits after our our, our boy waver, uh-huh. and um, stuff. Remember it's just stuff. Nothing makes me happier about this show than in the last few episodes. Then when they say they say shit that makes no sense, and I groan because I know exactly what they're talking about. Yes, I, yes, it is my, it is, it is, it is, it is my fucking nectar. It is my life force. <laughs> every time we watch this show, and they drop some term that I have never heard of and I'm, I'm not i'm not i'm not a fate expert in the remote slightest you know like my knowledge basically extends to the tsukihime manga uh parts of fate and fate zero but just every time like every time when they're like my god my god we're in we're in the child of inash 
and Arrow's over here to be like, oh my god, they did not just say that. <laughs> like, tell me more. Uh, I mean, has this, has this show just become, like, just deep cut fan service? Kind of. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's great. I fucking love it. Oh, man. Like, fucking... It's... <laughs> I, I'm just impressed that this show can exist in the post-FGO world. That Yeah, uh, they picked the arc that has an FGO character appear and be... Who doesn't, like, fucking do jack shit. Right. But, uh... When the uh, fate fandom is, uh, you know, dominated by the casuals who have only, uh... Uh-huh, yeah, the... sure. Now, now they... But we still have a show for the hardcore... <laughs> Are you telling me Lord Elmoy the second is not made for people like you who know what the oh, child no. of I know? It is? absolutely is made for me. Uh, this whole was made for me. <laughs> Just like the yeah, the I would probably I wish this show came out in like 2013, 2014 when oh, I was you were when I was at the peak of my like not caring that everyone around me was telling me that I was an idiot for liking fate. Um and except now we're in 2019, where everyone's like, oh, wow, this stuff's actually fun. Well, you mean we live in a post-irony world? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Just fucking... If I... Don't try to, like, lie to me that if I had been reacting this exact same way five years ago, y'all would have been like, oh, man, that's fucking dumb and bullshit. I can't believe right. you know this shit, man. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I can't. I can't. <laughs> like, stop. I mean, again, is, is this? I mean, again, is this? Is this all just context? Where like, it's it's different when they're trying to sell you on this stuff in like a like deadly serious, you know, holy grail. The show probably is, thinks it's deadly serious, but instead it comes off as totally ridiculous. Uh, I, See, that's, I haven't watched this. I'm not sure of the tone of the show, but like, you know, when when you take something like Fate Zero, which has zero fun whatsoever happening, and then uh-huh. I feel like it's I feel like it sounds more ridiculous when you're when you're selling us on like, you know, whatever crazy, you know, multi multi staged you know lore sure. behind you know summoning whatever. And whatever, whatever just weird, man. To circumvent whatever to you know get to <laughs> summoning saber or whatever. That's that's the that's the thing, right? The bullshit rules they're coming up with, like it's not like this. Like if this show's just making shit up, like it wouldn't be nearly as good. The fact that it it's is though, no, the fact that it's pulling made up shit from like pre-existing material. That's what oh, elevates is it, is it because it's because because it's pre-existing material and they're not just pulling it out their ass right now. Is that uh... <laughs> right? No, no, like it's, it's, it's material that was pulled out of their ass like no, ten okay, years. They're pulling stuff out of their ass, but here. because it has a specified wiki page, it's okay. Uh huh. Sure. Yes. I guess so. Yes, it's like, like all right, all right. All right, I can do it. All right, I'll. I'll I promised you I'd give the fucking explanation. About yes. What is all right? So this episode, they're they're on their mystic eye train, and the train's rolling, and they're trying to solve the murder, and various other mysteries. And then the conductor's like, "The tracks are moving, beyond our control. They're going to the forest of Inash, 
And I specifically call it the, the, like, the child of Inash. Inash force. They say both. It's going to the force of Inash, and I just go, "Are you fucking kidding me?" <laughs> they pulled out the force of Inash, the seventh dead apostle ancestor, mentioned mainly in a like spin-off side thing from Tsukihime that is just not important anywhere and who knows about this shit? <laughs> you do Why would you do, you do it? Yes, me. Me, exactly. Exactly. But that's the thing. Not just you, Eero, the writers of this story. <laughs> like, like they could have come up with their own bullshit, traveling, mystical vampire. Like, or, yeah, I was vampire just about to say, forest. the forest is a no, vampire. Right, they picked a pre-existing in the lore sentient evil traveling mystic vampire forest. Like what what thing do we have in, that can serve as the uh, monster of the week? Like it's like there's a moment in this like there's a moment in this episode right where like some like fucking hotshot nobody uh, mages show up and they're like <laughs> whatever it's just the it's just a it's just a force controlled by a dead apostle we'll just burn it down with our magic and I was like oh this is perfect because Eero <laughs> the human being but also Eero if he was a character in this show would be the one who's like you fools don't you know about the child Diana Nash and the and the monstrous power that it possesses. Possesses like uh, like Eero knows, Eero, Eero knows more about the very fabric <laughs> of this universe than the characters in the show, and it's oh, I eat it up. It's lovely. I I, I can't get enough of it. It's it's. I feel like Anafugo uh, strangling the life out of Shingetsu. I have never been happier than this day. Uh, it's it's in all seriousness. I I do think it's just a very like fun, ridiculous, like urban fantasy romp, and Eero, you're right. All right, I will, I will apologize and admit that, like, yes, if this show had aired five years ago, I probably would have been a lot more skeptical towards it. Unfairly so, I think that for better or worse, the existence of Fate Go has kind of like irreversibly, like, mm-hmm. what is it called, the, the Overton window or whatever, like that concept know. of like in like the political spectrum of how like. Like when politics moves increasingly like extreme in one direction, it also moves like what is the moderate position of the political spectrum so look, of that what nation. Looked bad five years uh, ago, now compared to the present day, it looks pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind uh, of what happened. Like, uh, uh, like, a, like a George Bush revisionism within the Trump era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like now that Trump's elected, we're all like, man, George W. Bush, he wasn't so bad. He just got us into the fucking well, Iraq war. You're not saying like, that it's like for the record, somehow but, uh, <laughs> No, no, but I'm saying that like you almost you almost want to take that approach because at least that guy was not a fucking yeah, we're not gonna get to it. Anyways, uh point is like fate go has so thoroughly like poisoned the well of the fate franchise like irreversibly so like in many ways fate may never be actually good again because of fate go's existence like there will there may never ever be again a legitimately like good compelling piece of like (laughs) of fiction in the fate universe ever again because that is how thoroughly fate go has just Mm -hmm. destroyed the groundswell of that mm -hmm. and as a result, something like Lord Elmeloy shows up and is like, let me tell you about mystic eyes and the fifth true magic of the universe. And have you heard of dead apostles? And I'm like, yes, give it to me. Because this stuff is like, 
oh, it's 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 a puddle in a desert. Like I'll, I I will I will happily lap <laughs> it up in a world where like like good fate stuff just cannot exist anymore without being like intrinsically poisoned. Like you just know that like if they ever remake Fate Stay Night, like if they ever actually like remake the actual Fate Stay they Night, they will. Night, I'm calling it like. Like there will be fake go references in there now. Oh yeah, like there will be. There, like it, it, there, it, there, it, there it, were there were fake go references in uh, in uh, Unlimited Blade Works and in Heaven's Seal movies. Like right, like that's disgusting to me. Like I, 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 I'm like I'm not one of those guys who's like oh an adaptation has to be one one accurate, but I actually find that like d- d- like on 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 the level of like like within the well of my soul, I find that disquieting. Yeah. Like <laughs> you know and. I'm glad and, you're all and, and, you're experiencing the emotions I experienced years ago. We're all catching yes, up to you, yes, of course. You don't have you just don't have your social circle talking shit about you for doing so, <laughs> unlike me at the time. <laughs> all right, Aaron, I, I am I I will let I, I officially apologize. <laughs> I am sorry that I ever I ever shit on fate because I admit I was a fool. I did not know how bad it could actually get. Uh, I think we all should have been more grateful for the fate that existed uh, five years ago before Whatever, fate man. came around. So what's going on in Grand Belm? Oh, man. Right. Grand so Belm, uh... baby. We dragged our fevered screaming about Grand Belm has dragged yeah. Jill and Aqua Gaze in. So let's kick, let's kick off with mentioning that uh, and Aqua, yeah. have you watched yeah. all of it now yeah. at this yeah. point? I'm all caught up. Okay, yes. I also marathoned it last weekend. I'm caught up as well. You want to get what is your what is your just overall thoughts I at this point, Aqua? Before we get into my take on, on Grandbaum is that it is like it is a show that is very anime, and I've and I thought about like what is what is you know quote unquote <laughs> anime, and it is basically like a matrix mm-hmm. between. Like a simple story to a absolutely ridiculous story, and on the other axis, it's like simple presentation mm-hmm. to absolutely ridiculous presentation. And I think the the, <laughs> the appeal bad. of Grandbaum is that it is a show with a relatively simple story, so not a lot of rules. The characters are. Um, are like clearly cut archetypes with distinct arcs. It is a workmanlike, well-written story without too many frills, but the presentation is absolutely bonkers. And I think that contrasts it with something like, (laughs) I'm so sorry, Eero, but like Fate, which has a completely ridiculous story yeah. that is presented as the most serious po-faced thing in the universe. Yeah. Which is the complete mm-hmm. opposite of what Grand Belm is, I think. <laughs> and somehow, and somehow that and both, both of these are something though. I would categorize as anime. So I think anime quote-unquote anime is like something that is the complete extreme of one axis and the complete un-extreme of the other axis so you either have (laughs) simple story ridiculous presentation or ridiculous story and we're taking this seriously so simple presentation 
Does that make sense? So, yeah, sure. I get it. Yeah, I think there's some gradations to that, but like as a broad overview of like what anime is, I can I I can certainly see what, what you're putting down. Yeah. From my perspective, at first I just want to echo everything that G and Ira have said in, in that it feels like, you know, I, I like to talk about feelings and things that you can only yeah. experience as anime here and not, not really say in words per se, but it feels like a mecha anime. And whoever makes the show understands how mecha anime works. Like, I, I get that same oh, yeah. emotion out of watching it. So that's pretty cool because the, the, the shows that make you feel this way are pretty much dead at yeah. this point. Very few and I and think, like, if, yeah. if it is true what G says, that this show is not appealing to mecha fans because it is too much like a magical girl show and the other way around, that is absolutely tragic because I think those two elements support each other. They lift each other up. I'm not very experienced with the mecha genre because I I genuinely, I don't really like, you know, like military techno babble, that kind of stuff. And so the fact that that this is a show that has a lot of positives of mecha anime, but with the angle of, you know, it's a magical girl show, which is something that does appeal to me, that helps it. And it's really sad to see that the the union of these two genres, which is actually like elevating it, is in fact like dragging the show down in the eyes of so many people. I will say, I will say that like I think people are turning around on Grand Belm. I think it's kind of been a slow turn though. Like, I, tragically, I just don't think Grand Belm will ever be the like the standout yeah. of a season. I mean. The the Amazon.jp pre-orders are looking particularly grim. <laughs> um, if it follows similar trends, this show will be sitting there with the likes of like Garo and you know Hinamatsuri BD sales wise, which is I think is particularly tragic. But I do think for the people who are watching, I think it's been a little bit slow. But I think ever since the Jiquan Long yeah. episode with Nene, <laughs> I think people have begun to like realize. Oh, this show is doing I mean, something yeah. special, and it actually understands this genre far better than and a I've lot seen of its a lot of yeah. I've seen a lot of people being very positive, both to like uh, alter anime art people and like you know, whoa, cute girls kissing each other people are all like into it. <laughs> so, well, the- I'm, I'm glad to see the show getting its proper due. Like, like, yeah, I'm no, I'm, I, I, I never ever ever catch up with anime i didn't start watching at the start of the season but i made an expe- exception for this just because of the word of mouth so yeah slow slow burn i want just me and Eero shouting like runes yeah. from like the rooftops i wanted to uh so i actually wanted to if we're going to make comparisons i want to compare it to symphon gear yeah because i feel like there is a, a, a there i think there are enough parallels to compare and I think, I think for a lot for a lot of people not me personally but i think for a lot of people out there you are basically trying to take a shot at the king here i did i think bring, people bring it wrong, on you but... can at me uh, uh, you, can, you can at me on this one uh but uh quote symphon gear sucks <laughs> quote the glorio blog <laughs> well here's the thing with, with simple whatever i i would gladly stand by that <laughs> yeah, with, with simple gear like it has like these cool Ba- like cool battles and like over the top stuff like attack names splashing on the screen and punching mountains and all that stuff but our problem has always been like everything in between is just just hot garbage right it like completely deflates the show right yep. 
and yeah like not even in like a fun anime dumb right. way it's like in the bad anime and i feel like way. i feel like with grand Belm, they managed to integrate the lesbian melodrama into the show a lot better so that you don't feel like the show is <laughs> grinding to a halt uh time that they're not fighting like every everything that happens when they're not fighting still feels like it's moving the show along uh you know like I don't feel like there's I don't feel like there's a lot of wasted screen time. Uh, you know, everything everything is supporting either developing the characters or moving the plot along or revealing some other thing that will that builds you up so that when you get to the fight, there's like an, enough of an emotional stake where you're, you know, invested in what's happening and the fight itself looks cool. It all comes together in a nice, like really yeah. good package. And there is where, like cute quirky stuff but it all serves to you know make you like the characters more in the aspect that they should be liked right you know it never feels like it never feels like it's a wasted screen time even when they do that stuff no the the humor like the you for instance like you have these humorous cuts between uh mangetsu and shingetsu they always serve to like show you that mangetsu is or considers herself to be a completely plain, normal, boring girl, which plays into her characterization. And even in the jokes, it's always pointed out that Mangetsu is weird and mysterious and standoffish, and that also plays into her characterization. So it's just a very coherent, well-written show. And and, and that is, like, that is this... I always like it when a show has, you know, it's 13 episodes, beginning, middle, end. It all fits. Everything has a plan. Everything has a place. Everything has a point. It's finished. And 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 in the, and I think that Granbaum really manages to pull that off. Like, it has that... It scratches that Madoka itch of, like, being this perfectly told story that is... the the that is presented in the only way it could be presented, which is as a 12-slash-13-episode anime series with episodes of 22 minutes that air once a week, you know? <laughs> and not three sequel movies afterwards. Yeah. I guess I could kind of see that. I was I was, I was initially going to be a little skeptical of your comparison oh, to Madoka yeah. because I feel like that is the, like... The cheap yes. and lazy thing. Uh, because you throw I was out, just about like, to oh, say, show has some yeah, that was just yeah, like that Madoka. was just about what I wanted to say. Like this is the <laughs> only way in which I'll ever compare the show to Madoka because I think the Madoka comparisons yeah. are also lazy. You know, except for you have a pink-haired girl who is kind and a black-haired girl who is mysterious, and I there did, may be gay. That. Like that's yeah, the only if... <laughs> thing that this has in common with Madoka. But now, but, now that's all sounds well and good. But what if uh, instead of uh, Homura being the maybe questionable one, what if instead we found out that Madoka <laughs> was a dark artificial construct of what seems to be like yeah either an impersonal at best or a dark and and vengeful like <laughs> magical god? So uh, let's uh, let's uh, let's get into that a bit. Well, the more recent uh, development. Like, don't get me wrong. I I did like your guys' discussion, but also we got to get into We are here for the Patata G rant, so go ahead. Like, <laughs> uh, I I wish I could go in as hard as I did with Anna Fugo, but I, I will stay, say I'm still loving Grand Belm. It's still hot, but as I feared, I think losing Anna means we're losing some of that heat. But 
I think that this episode, like the last two episodes, have pulled off some like fucking magnificent, like plot twists. I guess it's twist the right word, just like plot turns. Like, you know, we all knew that Anna was probably not going to make it out of that fight with Shigetsu. Like anybody like, saw her being wiped out from existence. <laughs> that's right. Like what the f- like, like that no. is just that is just mean spirited, like, you know? Oh, she doesn't just die. Cool. She just gets exist like, like poofed out of existence for no fucking right? reason. Like, this like, is, <laughs> right. Like this is what I say when I say the magic Kanadas is a cruel and spiteful god. Like because like because Anna had the like audacity to like try and break the rules of the game she's not just punished with death she is punished with like her existence being just like written out of the books you know we we all thought okay next episode we're gonna like get maximum drama when we see like anna's little sister and her mother crying over like anna's like senseless death in this absurd <laughs> battle royale but they don't even give us that much instead it, it just it twists the night brilliant, brilliant reuse of the girl who got eliminated in the first episode by the way yeah, very good and like i wouldn't ever say this show has like any like real horror elements but there's like a good creeping sense of unease during a last week's episode when like you got nene doing anime hacker stuff of like running the numbers on like what's going on and then like fucking that seed roommate gets who pulls out her like fourth grade like yearbook and it's blank (laughs) and it's just like the, the pieces are coming together. Suisho is like Suisho. God, God bless Suisho. She is doing. God bless Aoyuki. She is truly doing her best. She is trying to be the best evil lesbian she can be. Like, oh, she's so she's like, kind of carrying in these last uh, couple episodes. Yeah, carrying in, uh, these episodes. Fugo's absence. Yeah, yeah, like, like the part where like she fucking like corners uh, Kuan and is like, "Do you want to know what really happened to your sister? Like, I ate her soul. You know that affection you feel towards me. You know that lingering inability for you to do any harm to me. That's because, like, your soul on its at, the, at its very at the very depths of your heart, your soul recognizes your sister in me, and like, you love me. You'll never be able to hurt me because of." <laughs> And it's like, it's like so thing to do, right? It's like so gleefully sinister and evil in the most like, like just good shit eating grin. I gotta say, I gotta say, like in terms of shipping dynamics, coffee shop AU. All right, Uh, friends, uh, enemies to lovers, fine. But you know, seducing a girl and then eating her soul so you can taunt her little sister about it to seduce her. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm into it. Uh, Write more fanfics with this dynamic. Uh, like, uh, say it, say, say that you want me to eat you. Uh, you know, no. God, sweet show, just operating on some fucking galaxy brain shit here. And I think because of all of that, um, I have to admit, as much as I'm loving this show, I w- I came away a little less hot on the most recent episode because. I kind of had the I was kind of on operating on the assumption that sweet show was like truly our kind of like kind of final end boss villain here you know like there's all these implications about things she knows about the magia kanadas and the true nature of mangetsu that i thought implied oh like again she's she's gonna operate in like a sort of kotomine-esque role of oh she's actually like a prior combatant in yeah. the grand belm who's gone into hiding or like she's like taking over somebody else's oh, was the body inside man I was all along, along. you know if we're gonna keep the fate reference going. I was thinking it was like a caster assassin thing where she's the one that summoned Mangetsu, but uh Right. But then like 
<laughs> then this fight happens, and like you know, Kuan has her big like power for you know great power up where she kind of she kind of pulls a like actually it was part of my plan to let you punch me in the face for ten minutes where she's like actually it was my sister's plan to get eaten by you which mm, yeah. I'm not so sure Kuan might be rationalizing things here to justify like her ability to fight back but you know. She 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 kind of beats uh she she beats uh Suisho pretty easy, which led to my favorite thing in any mech anime. Whenever you have a mech in an anime that is like mostly covered up by like armor or a cloak, y'all always know <laughs> that like the armor purge is coming. Like eventually she's eventually any anybody who pilots a mech like that is gonna get put into a quarter and they're gonna be like, huh, so I'm forced to use that, huh? And it happens. It's beautiful. Fucking Suisho fucking takes off the suit, reveals the true form of uh, fuck. What's her like, next name? Like Dresselia Nocturne, Nocturne. Or right? Dresselia Nocturne, yeah. and like fucking ah, oh, it's so good. And uh, and uh, and then we get and, and yeah, so then we get the real verse. She fucking impales May Getsu, and. Uh, Despite kind of my kind of my, kind of my uh, issues, or maybe my issues are less with this episode, and maybe my issues are more with the implications of the next episode preview. But before we get to that, I will say that like the last minutes of this episode is uh, marvelous, <laughs> truly marvelous. Some real chef's kiss shit, like fucking Mangetsu's the fuck Mangetsu's like skin glamour, like <laughs> dissolving to reveal the doll joints underneath. <laughs> like the the threads she uses to control Lily White disappearing, revealing that she herself is actually being hoisted up by puppets threads. Oh Very just good. Mm, beautiful. It's perfect. This is <laughs> this is as good as fiction gets. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like uh maybe the Fight animation production dropped off a bit after the Anafugo fight. Maybe they're still oh, no, they're, no, no, they're, yes. they burned themselves out too. Still recovering yeah, from that because that looked amazing. Yeah, the uh, yeah the choreography in this fight in this week's fight was not as good. I think Just like the to, directing was okay, but like the actual animation, the actual execution was like yeah. There was like some re- some weird shot choices, some weird cuts, and like I mean, yeah. In many ways, you could tell Anafugo's fight was meant to be like. I think you know, I think part of that is also yeah. that uh, Suisho's mech just is just like weird, like it, it it's just sort of like not floating a, not a, around, so it right. doesn't look like it's moving. So we get a lot of weird shots right. of like combined with the like misty setting. These were clearly like clearly like cheap, like quote unquote cheap shots at like you know just have people flying around and and so we could just move this you know yeah. picture around by dragging it with our mouse <laughs> but some so, clever some so, clever uh, budget <laughs> cutting is what i'm saying like so what are we going to speculate what's the deal with uh, mangetsu i mean i think iro literally called this like way back or i guess i guess both me and iro were kind of arriving at this conclusion <laughs> of just like mangetsu is basically a dark construct of the magia kanadis's will like made manifest and like like her will is like sort of su- like either her will is controlling the magic kanadas or the magic kanadas is exerting its will through mangetsu you know like you know mangetsu is the one who said that like told shigetsu that she shouldn't feel bad about what she did to anafugo and then what happens anafugo erased from existence like like you know, all the talks about Mangetsu being like, I feel empty, I feel nothingness, right? Like I feel like I so have no purpose. Like, 
is Mangetsu going to have to fight against the the string is controlling her? Is that Maybe. the, the, the I, I I think that like we're probably going like I'm a little sad about this. I feel like the next episode preview hints that Sweet Show is actually going to be the next to uh depart from this battle royale, which is a shame because that kind of leaves us with. Uh, I think we Kawan need a we we, we need Mangetsu, a we need a Sui Show like backstory episode. I think like at least explain what I. Yeah, I don't know. If I, we're mean, I would be disappointed if you just look. I'm evil and I'm toying with people for fun. Yeah, I guess it's just the implications of the next episode preview. Looks like she's losing that fight yeah. against Kuan, so right. like I don't think she's gonna stick around that much longer, which is a shame because like for better or worse, like I mean, I you know, Aqua, you were talking about how yeah. like solid the writing is in Grand Bell, but I kind of still think that Shingetsu and Getsu and are kind of they're not the most compelling protagonists, and Kuan. Kuan was only interesting when she was a, like wrestling against like the strings of Sui Show's like fucked yeah, up I mean, like, lesbian yeah. lust. Kuan like, is kind of dead that, weight. I mean, I think I think Kuan's going to lose the fight next episode. That that would make might be a more double sense. KO. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, yeah, I could see it being a double KO because I think that like there are some things that are that is that are going on that next you know i hate to speculate on the next episode preview but i feel like we are starting to like angle towards a what i shouldn't get to yeah, man gets right. like final i mean whatever like, is up right. with man gets it my, will give her reason to fight shingetsu my, like yeah my crazy theory was like because like talked to uh anna's mom kept telling shingetsu that she was she was loved by magic kanadis right like magic kanadis like created a body or something by which to like <laughs> to love to love Shingetsu with you know like yes, let me yes. create this perfect like thing that Shingetsu will be drawn to to help and to care for and uh let me erase Anafugo but I'll also remember so that we can be even better friends and uh you know <laughs> I mean, like I said, you know, like I said back in the episode with Jiguan Long, we've been waiting a long time for the resurfacing of, uh, I don't know, I don't know what the official name for it, like Lily Black, Dark Lily White, whatever it is, like, we've been waiting for the return of that glorious evil figure, so, uh, yeah, yeah. I think we are, we are building up towards that, I, for sure. I, I'm, still, I'm still guessing it's gonna come down to Shingetsu and Mangetsu, yeah. and they're gonna be the, they're going to be the co-winners Based on these two princeps, yeah, right, right. The name of this fucking show, yes. I, I, I guess that's a thing, right? Like, I, I'm still, I'm still. Look, I like, I like Grand Bell a lot. It's, you know, it's, it's really lived up to my expectations this whole time. So I still want to have faith in it. But I, I, I just personally think that like the version of the story that is like Sweet Show revealing like. I don't know, her, like, mysterious, like, ratchet connection to the Magia Kanadis was, like, to me, like, whether that is including, like, having her, she herself having summoned uh, Mangetsu or something. I thought that was a more interesting potential plot line versus just, like, Shingetsu and Mangetsu are going to fight, and then Shingetsu will, like, break Mangetsu out of the spell through the power of love or something. I just, uh... I don't think that has as much what potential. If, what, if but also, it, what if it turns out is. that Anafugo was the real mastermind and she actually had overwhelming <laughs> magical power, but she manipulated Shingetsu into thinking <laughs> that she was the one who was manipulating Anna into thinking... <laughs> Man, you are, you are sounding... 
You are sounding like every Anna Stan on every like fucking Grandbound thread I've that ever read. That is a complete right lie because a you are just... the biggest Anna Stan, and two, no one's talking about Grandbound. Yes. Uh, I'll just, I'll just, I will just, I will just vocalize this theory because I've heard it before. I don't think it's actually going to happen. I have, I just want to make it clear. I don't actually believe this is going to happen. But if it happened, like. We all saw Anna's spirit get absorbed into the, into the magic Canadis, right? Sure. Like, what if, like, in the real finale, her, like, fucking rage or sheer hatred for Shingetsu, like, that hatred, like, leaks into the magic Canadis itself and, like, transforms it into, like, some sort of, like, Shingetsu-hating magical The Holy God Grail has been corrupted. <laughs> yeah, that's... This, yes, yes. Anna <laughs> corrupts the magic. <laughs> <laughs> shit we're saying yeah. about Grand Belm. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm not it's saying just... that I want Anna Fugo to whip me into submission, but that's totally something she would do. <laughs> I'm not saying that I want that, but I'm just saying Look, that's something she would do. You're not not saying. Look, I'm that. just saying. Like I said last week, get you a woman or get you a man who looks at you. <laughs> The way Anna Fugo looks at Shigetsu when she's squeezing the life out of her. Bants on. Oh, Christ. And with that, so, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. I think they're, as good as the show is, I think there is room for it to not stick the landing still. So, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully yes, that yes. I, I'm trying, I'm trying to, yeah. We'll see. Try to keep expectations in check, but it's just so hard with a show good like so this. So far, so we can we can give them a little benefit of the doubt, but I do think it's not guaranteed they're gonna wrap this up well. We'll see. All right. Is it ever though? That's okay. what makes it I think. Fun. <laughs> yes. Um, so I think that does it then for this episode. We have uh-huh. managed to go long again, but so be mm-hmm. it. Uh, Boy, if only we skipped I, Lord Elmella's Seven Case Files, Riddles Left and Grease. No, 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 I'm no, glad. I, 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 I have to invoke like the old laws. Like <laughs> El Meloy had to be in this podcast. Yeah, I'm glad we got it in. So uh, let's wrap it up then with our housekeeping. Check out all of our content at theglorioblog.com. I think we're going to have to start talking about new seasons. <laughs> oh, boy. <sighs> It's a doozy, so, man. Seven uh, isekai shows. <laughs> yeah, oh, I don't want to think about it now, but boy, oh boy. I don't want to think about it now, but uh, it's going to be happening soon. But uh, check that out. Oh, I don't know about y'all. I'm I'm excited for the next season. I got I got fucking three. I got three rants no, about that's three another podcast loaded in my back pocket okay. and ready to go for I'll our next season that. preview podcast. That, that's the tease for next time. Uh, so. <laughs> So yeah, check us out at thegloryblog.com. Follow us on Twitter at thegloryblog. You can check out all of our podcasts on our feed. Uh, you can find us at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean. We also upload to YouTube. So you can check out uh, Legend of the Glorio Heroes, which is Iro and G's podcast about Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Uh, so we'll have our fourth season where Marlon and I lost fourth season or third season wrap up. Sorry, third. it's not quite fourth. Uh, third season wrap up. Coming out where actually me and Marlon will also be on that as well. Coming soon. Uh, and you can also check out uh, what podcasts we have left. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Glorious King of the Kaiju with Chris and Colin's talking about old kaiju movies. And, uh, you know, whatever else may come up someday on the feed. But 
that's uh, that's about it. So that'll do it for now, and we will catch everybody next time.